0: the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the of pharmacy.
1: Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who they are and where they are today. My name is Henry Okorike. I am currently a PGY1 acute care resident at the University of North Carolina, and I'm a member of the ASHP's New Practitioners Forums Resident Advancement Advisory Group. I'm joined again by my colleagues, Alex Mills, Corey Guidry, and Joanna Huang. Today, we will be discussing phase two and the scramble and how to prepare and thrive during this part of the residency recruitment process. Thank you for joining us today. So Alex, why is there a second phase at all?
2: Yeah, well, just like we talked about in our first episode, Roughly about 60% of applicants match with a program during phase one. We know that many of those remaining applicants and programs are still pursuing a residency or resident. So the additional phase two is created to assist those still aspiring for postgraduate training. Now, there are several reasons why phase two exists. Programs may not have had enough candidates apply or rank their program to fill all their positions the first go around or maybe they decided not to rank enough candidates in phase one, maybe holding out for additional candidates. There are also some programs that secured additional funding or approval for additional positions that they may not have known about prior to phase one concluding, so they open them up in time for phase two.
1: I agree, Alex. Those are very common program specific reasons for going into phase two, but now I want to touch on some of the candidate aspects of things. So on that note, Joanna, what are some common reasons for not matching?
0: That's a great question. So there are a number of possible reasons for a candidate not matching. Perhaps the candidate received too few interview invitations or were geographically limited. So statistically, it becomes an uphill battle for that individual to match compared to other candidates who maybe had more interviews. It could also be the individual's interview performance was just not as strong as other candidates or the individual underprepared for interviews, or maybe it was a mismatch between the strength or the personality of that individual and that program. And personally, I feel like the last reason is a common reason for not matching that the candidate and the programs just weren't the right fit.
1: Very good points, Joanna. I think it's good to keep in mind that there are plenty of very strong applicants that tend to find themselves in phase two for whatever reason, and you touch on some of the very important factors that lead to that. I also feel that it could be extremely important for candidates to hear the perspective of someone that had to go through phase two. Alex, would you mind sharing your experience with the audience?
2: Yeah, happy to share, Henry. And for those who heard me talk about this in our first episode, that I did go through phase two of the match for my PGY1 year. And there's probably some folks listening who had a similar experience anyway. So I initially applied to 10 programs soon after mid-year, Yet that list dwindled down to two phone screening interviews and then ultimately one in-person interview. So yes, the numbers were a bit against me, but I remained optimistic as I thought it was a good interview. Needless to say, my final rank list was also submitted pretty easily. I also was fairly optimistic leading up to match day. My current rotation preceptors even had planned a celebration breakfast potluck. Unfortunately, of course, I got that email quite early on match day that I didn't match. And naturally, I was pretty bummed. First thought was, well, now I get to have some awkward conversations and texts all day about not matching. So that's pretty cool. But I was glad that I had rotation duties that day to stow my phone away and just focus on patient care. It wasn't all bad, though. I did have a few mentors who reached out by the end of that day to check in and cheer me up. Yet I will say probably the best thing I heard that day was a mentor of mine saying, okay, so you hit a speed bump, not a roadblock. Let's go ahead and talk tomorrow about how you're still going to achieve your goals going through phase two. This led to some very beneficial soul-searching discussions and meetings to quickly get back on track. Now, speaking of that support, I know, Henry, that you've shared that you've had some experience being on that other side, helping your colleagues navigate that post-phase one speed bump. How did you help them and what did that look like?
1: Yeah, great question. So I had multiple people either reach out to me or I reached out to them once I realized that they had not matched in phase one to first see if they wanted my help at all. Because obviously this is a stressful time. Some people want to cope in different ways, and I didn't want to impose if that's what it felt like when I reached out to them. But for people that did want my help, I reviewed their initial application materials, as well as the list of programs they applied to and ranked, and compared their preparation strategies for interviewing. Overall, I was able to help them find programs that fit their interests and skill sets, better tailor their letters of intent, and better prepare for their interview days. And I'm happy to report that they did end up matching in phase two. So I was very excited to see that outcome for them.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, Henry. I think it's great that you quickly went from, you know, consoling a colleague to looking for ways to help them prepare for that next phase. It's easy to become isolated after getting the not so great news, but it's just as comforting to know that there are many folks out there willing to help if you want it. We may have several listeners actually to this podcast who are interested in going through phase two and possibly even post-match, yet are not sure where to begin. So Joanna and Corey, besides seeking the support of a mentor and confidant like Henry, what are important action steps that these candidates need to take or think about in this process?
3: Yeah, I appreciate you asking, Alex. I mean, in my opinion, one of the first things that these candidates should really do is kind of sit back and reevaluate and reaffirm their reasonings for even pursuing residency phase two is definitely going to bring about its own set of challenges so candidates have to be sure that they're going forward for the right reasons and there's definitely nothing wrong with deciding that either your personal or your professional goals have changed since you went through phase one however i don't want it to sound all doom and gloom i mean if you know that residency is the path for you then there are some very important next steps you need to take So the same day that match results are sent out, the National Matching Service will post a list of available programs and positions for phase two. This usually happens around noon, so you should begin reviewing that list ASAP. It's also a good idea to share any programs of interest with your mentors, as well as any of your phase one letter writers. As we often hear, pharmacy is a very small world and you'd be surprised what connections you might be able to identify that can help you either network with or determine what other potential programs you should apply to. Just as Henry mentioned previously, I think it's really important that you utilize your mentors, your letter writers, and your other trusted individuals to review your application materials, as well as any interview prep that you performed. That way you can refine and refresh your approach to ultimately match in phase two.
0: Something else important to keep in mind is that phase two occurs over a three-week period and requires a lot of time and dedication. Like Corey had mentioned, start your research and reaching out to programs ASAP. Make sure you also let your preceptors know that you're going through the phase two because you could have several interviews that span just over a couple of days. Many of the interviews are gonna be condensed and performed in various styles like over the phone, Zoom, Skype, compared to the lengthier in-person interviews that happened during phase one. And once you've identified programs that you're interested in, start updating your application materials, your letter of intent to reflect and maybe even address why you're going through phase two. And when you're ready, submit your application as soon as possible. The sooner, the better. It is possible for some programs to close their applications early if they receive a flood of applications.
1: Good point, Joanna. I personally have heard of several programs closing their applications early on in the process after receiving a lot of applications. So I would keep that in mind as you navigate the phase two process. It's also extremely important to consider the PGY2 perspective on phase two. As a PGY2 candidate in phase two, people may have to consider whether or not they wanna stick to a specialty versus apply out to multiple specialties. Expanding one's search geographically may also be something that a person may have to do in phase two and applying to places where that person may not have had an initial interest in but didn't apply to for whatever reason may also be warranted. Additionally, the decision to continue to apply for a PGY2 or just look for employment post-PGY1 will also be an important factor to consider. In this understandably stressful period for applicants, what tips for wellness can we offer listeners to help thrive during phase two? Ooh,
2: yeah, that's a million-dollar question and something really important to think about, Henry. First, I can't stress enough how we've talked about over and over again how phase two is a much quicker process compared to phase one, just like Joanna alluded to earlier, Henry mentioned it, Corey mentioned it, so remember that. Use your mentors and resources to help tackle the tasks at hand, but don't forget to take care of yourself in the process. If you're stressed out during phase two, it prevents these programs from seeing how stellar of a candidate you are. So take the time to de-stress and reset in whatever way works best for you. So setting aside time for a hobby, maybe right now a socially distant event session cause COVID, or burn out the stress with some exercise. Nobody knows how you de-stress better than you. If you're still on rotations during phase two, communicate that to preceptors and strive to perform well. You never know if a job opportunity or an additional reference may arise. Don't forget that you're not alone in this process too. So use those mentors and preceptors as that professional support system. Personally, reaching out to my mentors for help was easily the best decision I made when going through phase two. Everyone was supportive and made that speed bump manageable. Help is out there. We just have to ask. Lastly, I want to share a comment that one of my mentors made to me at the end of the process. It doesn't matter what phase you match with the residency. At the end of the day, you're still a resident. So if residency is one of your goals as a pharmacist, keep pushing and it'll all work out.
1: Wow, those are great words for us to end on. Thank you, Alex, Corey, and Joanna for joining us today and giving our listeners such great advice. That's all the time we have for today, but join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Don't forget to view all of the match Day resources on ASHP's website for helpful tips and resources to make this a successful residency match process. Now on behalf of ASHP, thank you for listening today. Best of luck with the match, and we hope you join us again
0: soon. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and wanna hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.